Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Cag Appears. Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mighty Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Feather and Fur. Your host, Brad Hurlbus. Tonight, we have on Keith from Quick Coys, which is a cool little decoy motion system that we're going to have that we're going to talk about in depth a little bit later. But for now, welcome to the show, Keith. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brad. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. I'm, I'm excited for this show. I saw your product at the Wisconsin Waterfall Expo, and I'm excited to talk about that, but I'm also excited to talk about some of the stories you've kind of pre-led to about some of your experiences out there, duck hunting and other things growing up hunting. So I'm excited to hear about that as well. Sure. You know, I, I'm, I'm just a, a Midwestern guy. I grew up in central Illinois, uh, spent a, a lot of my uh, early years back in the 70s hunting rabbits and quails and squirrel and upland game, mainly uh, in the agricultural area. Didn't really start duck hunting till actually I was in medical school. Um, I did some deer hunting uh, in some of my early collegiate years. And uh, of course, we got great deer hunting down here and uh, did, did a lot of that. Uh, bow hunted some for a while um, and just had great experiences in doing all that. You know, uh, so many hobbies and so little time. I think we all struggle with that from time to time, you know. So I've been I've done a little bit of everything. I had a bird dog for a while when I moved to medical school. I had an English pointer and I was in uh, I was in Iowa at the time. And so I had some good years uh hunting pheasants and quails over bird dogs and so i've i've kind of run the gamut around everything to hunt i like hunting turkeys i like hunting doves i like hunting quail and uh but really i like hunting ducks and and that kind of got me uh when i was in des moines uh at the time and i was hunting uh the red rock reservoir and a friend of mine took me on my first duck hunt up there back in 
the early 90s. And uh, the first time I had ducks set up the way they did and land in front of me, I, I just couldn't seem to get enough of it after that. So that's how I kind of got into duck hunting. But I got a, a quite a broad and varied background of, of hunting a lot of stuff over the years. It's amazing once you finally get... I remember that because I started out waterfall hunting on my own. No one in my family hunted. And I remember the first time I got, it was geese to commit to my decoys, feet down, back paddling, and like everything aligned. And I remember that was like the last day of my first season. Right. And all I had, I, for that was later in the year. I got my Christmas present early. It was like a dozen shells. So I went out with a dozen shells in the farm field behind my house I had permission for. And there was this old broke down baler that was out there this old red baler and i didn't have a blind or anything so i wore a red sweatshirt and camouflage pants threw some stuff on top of my legs and i sat next up against that tractor like that that hoping wishing i didn't get tetanus like back in my mind i'm like i can't wait i'm gonna get some nasty cut off this thing and right. and the, the geese just came in just feet down i'm like all right it, now we're now we're gonna spend some money. Now now we're gonna start buying some gear. <laughs> yeah, you're hooked. It's like the guy who goes out in his first golfing experience and hits the perfect shot down the fairway. He's hooked. He thinks he can do it all the time. You know, it's the same way with us. And and uh, of course, that's the sport of it. Sometimes you fool them, sometimes you don't. But the experience of being out there doing what we do, enjoying the outdoors, spending time with friends. Of all of the things that go into the hunting experience. I tell people all the time, I fish a great deal too. I love to fish Wisconsin. Uh, I fish up in Door County some. I've I fished uh, out of Sturgeon Bay, out sure. of Green Bay, Green Lake. Um, my uncle used to have a cabin up in the Trigo Spooner area, and I used to be on the Namakagan River up there. And so, you know, it doesn't matter. Time spent outdoors with family, friends, and whatnot. There's nothing like it. I tell people, listen, in my life, all my life, People have come and gone, but the people that are always friends are the people that you spent time with out in the outdoors. You can call them 10 years later and pick up right where you were at. And that's just the bond between between people who share that experience. It just it's it's very special. It's very unique. And I'm sure there are some other sports. But uh, anybody who has a friend who they've hunted with over the years knows exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I mean, I can lose touch with some friends that I hunted with years ago. And I can call them right now and be like, Hey, you want to go duck hunting? <laughs> oh, for sure. And if they called me out of the blue and they're like, Hey, I got an extra spot in the boat. You want to go duck yeah. hunting? Are you free? Yeah, absolutely. And when we get in that blind together, it's going to be like nothing ever stopped. Like, we'll talk a little bit about some worked updates, but other than that, I mean, like the conversation is going to flow. Like we've been talking that our entire lives, even though we had a five or seven or 10 year hiatus. No, oh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's really, uh, you know, a lot of things come and go in life and just kind of a personal side of me. It's it's the relationships that you build, the friends that you make, the times that you share together. That's the thing of the real value in the sport. I mean, we all like to we all like to fill a bag limit no matter what we're doing. We all like to have great shooting. But at the end of the day, uh, when you go home and you think about what's really important, uh, those relationships really, really ice the cake for me. Absolutely. I mean, it's the memories and it's the experience in the field that I'm really after. I mean, does a, does a bag limit, does a whole bunch of greenheads stacked on the front of the boat look, look, look like great. And like, yeah, like for sure. But some of my best memories involve like not shooting a single bird. Exactly. Exactly. Whether you're stacking them up like cordwood or whether you're staring holes in the skies, you can cook <laughs> breakfast and still yuck it up and have a good time. And that's what we do, you know? And I think that's why, like, I deer hunt. I, I have, we have a deer camp, and we mainly I focus on gun deer now. And I think the reason is one, 
knowing when I'm sitting in that stand that I could be out with my dog instead bothers me because I'd much rather spend time with my dog than by myself. And then two, it's, I'm able to like duck hunting or upland hunting. I mean, upland hunting, you're constantly moving, you're talking, but like the duck hunting, the bonding in the blind, the joking around that like, like harassment that happens, like the good hearted harassment, which I, I don't notice in any other style of hunting other than duck hunting. That, that you can that that so much verbal abuse gets away with in the in the middle of the hunt, you know that's the whole point. Yeah, well, we we enjoy the same camaraderie. It's all in good fun, you know. And uh, you know uh, whether you you know you jump up and you pull the trigger a couple times and not a single bird falls out of the sky, you know, in my blind, someone's going to talk to you about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but then yeah. at the same time like i'll give someone just as much a hard time for missing but when they make that awesome shot i'll be right there and be like dude like yeah exactly like, that was it exactly that's the camaraderie you know nice yeah. shooting fellas that's that's the that's what we like to hear you know i had a one experience in the blind one time there were several of us in a pontoon boat we had probably 350 ducks out over a we were fishing on an army or hunting on an army corps lake over in northeastern Missouri where we hunted quite frequently. And it had been very, very, very slow. And the guys were eating breakfast and we were sitting around and the flaps were down and nobody was paying any attention. And of course, you know where the story's going about that time. About 25 mallards dropped straight out of the sky on a on a on a bluebird cold north wind day right in front of us. Everybody drops their plate, jumps up, and a bunch of shooting happened, and not a single duck fell. <laughs> and in the quiet of it all, when the smoke cleared, one of the oldest sages of the group said, "Boys, we've got to focus." <laughs> and that has become <laughs> that has kind of become a, a mantra among us, you know, just one of those things that kind of stuck all the time. You got to focus, you know, and so <laughs> we get that's a little awesome. in the, you know, not pay attention. I'm sure people that uh, that's probably only happened to me, you know, but uh, it was still a great, even a great moment of hunting. We all remember and laugh about. That's amazing. I can just imagine like everyone's sitting, I I've been there before. That's like where, where you're not really paying attention or, or like, especially field hunting. I do just as much field hunting as water hunting laying in that laying in that blind almost asleep and all of a sudden you hear wings over you and you're like huh wait like kind of wake up and you're like wait what what are yeah. we, where am i uh, had the same thing having turkey hunting you know a little dozing off the next thing you're right by you know something's going on had it all happen like that too so yeah that's the surprises it's all part of the game and and it's all fun part and uh, at the end of the day you take it home and you you stick it in your memory bank and and you can play it again. It's still fun. Absolutely. And just getting like the best part is like one of my favorite parts is, you know, that we have that ribbing and all that other stuff. It's like afterwards, like there's just that, that camaraderie goes so much farther because in my opinion, waterfall hunting, some of the most work out there oh, between, yeah. the, between the scouting, like setting decoys, moving decoys, picking all the decoys up. I mean, by the, by the time you're done with the hunt, like depending on where you went, you can be pretty darn exhausted and like everybody putting in the effort to make it happen. Like that's just one more thing that adds to it. It does. You know, I mean, um, uh, everyone, uh, I, I hope most people understand the value of a, uh, the, the sense of accomplishment of a good day work or, or, uh, uh, you know, finishing the job or whatever that you get kind of that, that work ethic and, and satisfaction, you know, of, of, you know, getting it done, 
going out there and putting in the work and being rewarded with with a good hunt, you know what I'm saying, or some good times or whatnot. Now, sometimes not all that work uh, gets rewarded, but it, it's still part of the process. And it's the dedication. And, you know, like we always say, if, if, whether fishing or hunting, you, you can't catch them, you can't shoot them on the couch. So somebody's got to go out there and do the work, you know. That's and if, very true. if you want to be part of the situation, you know, uh, that's part of the effort too. You know, we always try to call and say, Hey, what day are you available for a work day, this, that, and the other. And we kind of work it out. And some weekends, some guys can't make it. Then they pull up the slack on the other weekends, you know, or somebody will set decoys and somebody else will be brushing blinds. And, you sure. know, it's all, it's all part of the whole thing, you know? So when you're saying work days, that leads me to think that are you, you guys have quite a few permanent blinds where you hunt out of or blinds you put up for the season or. Well, the last several years in northeastern Missouri where I've, I've been and where my product is actually being manufactured, um, we were setting up on a, on a lake called Long Branch Lake. They have a duck blind draw every year there, and you can go draw for permanent blinds. Now, uh, a lot of guys have pontoon boats and set up permanent spreads. That's kind of what we did. And being around the lake a while, you kind of know some of the better points and some of them. There's a lot of good places on the lake, but, you know, there's always some sweet spots no matter where, where you're hunting uh, that, that the waterfowl tend to to utilize fairly frequently. So you try to get one of those blinds or even if not, we set up fairly large spreads, three, 400 decoys. And, you know, we, we set up a, a boat hide and we just basically, once we set our blind up and permanently set it up in that water, all we got to do is take our boat in and out of our boat hide every day, drop our boat, run into the hide, jump into the blind, hunt back out and go because it's set there all year. And so we had huge, huge setups. And that was part of the impetus of, of how I came up with the idea uh, for quick coys um, was the fact that um, we were setting decoys in extremely deep water at the time, uh, 20, 23 feet sometimes. And wow. that's, that's pretty deep water to be setting decoys in. And over the years, and I'd been hunting that lake for, oh, 25 years or so, um, we had tried a lot of different things to to establish a, a large spread like that and not get decoys tangled because we were leaving them out. And early on, we were setting them on individual bricks or blocks and then wave motion, picked them up and wind and, you know, the whole scoop. And, and you'd leave them out there and two or three weeks, you had a big tangled mess in a whole bunch of areas and you had to go out there and rework them and rework them. It was a lot of work. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com.
Sure. We started to change that dynamic by taking PVC pipe, like a 20-foot piece of three-quarter or one-inch PVC, making a big loop and, and putting a fitting there and gluing it together. And then we had this big ring. And in that ring, we tied a couple of lines like a dream catcher, like you'd see hanging sure. in the window. And we drilled holes around that ring. And we put 10 or 12 decoys on a ring and only have one single block. And so there were these little little cubbies, if you will, of, of groups of ducks out there. But we had much fewer blocks and we had more ducks. And then we would fill in with some other ones to kind of make our, our pockets and our holes and that sort of thing. Another way we did that was we took garden hoses, believe it or not, just old garden hose. Anybody give us an old beat up garden hose? And we would drill holes in a garden hose and only have a, a one foot piece of section. And we would have lines just like you would, you know, you've seen decoy spreads on lines. Right. But we would just put them on old garden hoses and wrap the garden hoses up and put them in, in buckets. And there may be 10, there may be 20 on a line, but we would make lines and rings and then fill in. And so we were just trying to attempt to set larger number of decoys with fewer lines. Sure. And so, you know, as we were doing that all the time, these great big eight foot rings of decoys, we were having to flip into the boat and then we go get another one and flip them into the boat. Even though there was only a foot of, of decoy line or, or, you know, that, that monofilament stuff, whether it be tangle free or whatever you bought, sure. you know, those ducks would kind of flop around and they would get tangled and they were sort of cumbersome. And although it served the purpose, they weren't very easy to handle. So eight years ago, I'm standing in my garage and, you know, I just think to myself, there's got to be a better way. And out of that, I, I, I developed what has become through the research and development process, our quick coys device that, that we're, that we're going to talk about here. But that ring idea turned into rather an umbrella idea. I sure. developed a hub and I started using automotive springs and dampers. I, I was taking things like fiberglass rods that you would see electric fence to keep cattle in. And I was turning the ends down and twisting them in the springs. And I, I had this hub that had six rings on it. And I had tethers that had 12 ducks. And with this one device, the first one I made in my garage, I took it out to my pond and I dropped it off the end of the dock and all of the device went into the water and all the ducks came up in two perfect concentral rings. And I thought, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so I actually had to take a garden rake and I picked this thing back up and I said, I bet it won't do it again. And I threw it in the pond again and all the contraptions sank and those ducks came up in concentric rings. And I thought, wow, we can fold this thing down and tie it up and throw it over our shoulder, throw it in a bag. And it's a lot better than these rings. Sure. So that was kind of the impetus of how we, we started. The, the, and of course, we uh, when I thought about it, I decided, I wonder if there's anything ever been out like this. And I happened to be in St. Louis talking to a friend of mine who I asked him, I said, you don't happen to know a patent attorney's firm. And this uh, gentleman who's in the finance industry says, well, as a matter of fact, I do. And I said, what? And he goes, I actually was in a bike race with a guy who developed something uh, and uses a, uh, it, it's a very popular uh, uh, item and every, every one of your listeners have, has, has heard of it, but he gave me the name of this firm. And so I went to this firm and we did this patent search and um, I, I felt kind of crazy 
I, here I am. I'm, I've got a I've got a black garbage bag full of decoys, fiberglass rods, PVC, and I'm walking in to Clayton, Missouri, to this great big legal firm. I walk in this building. It's the security building. Now I don't know what's in there, but you can't even get on the elevator without getting your picture taken. They tell you push the button and push you on what floor. I don't know what's in there, but it's a very high security building. Here's all these suits and ties, all these people that look like they work for the CIA. And I'm walking in here with decoys over my shoulder going, am I crazy? And so I get on this elevator that goes up to this patent attorney's firm. And here I show up and here's all these shirts and ties. And I'm, I'm here I am with my decoys and my, my stuff. So uh, kind of some humble beginnings, you know, you got to You got to kind of sometimes just say, well, it is what it is, you know, and right. so, they they took a look at it, and after two weeks, they did a patent search and said, there's nothing like this. We think you've got something here. And so my wife and I prayerfully considered several things because, uh, uh, you know, once you start down this path, uh, you either go all the way or you don't go at all. Right. Um, it's quite expensive. At this point in time, we hold four patents, and we've got others in the works right now for some things that are developing. And... Uh, we are moving right along in continuing to, to protect our ideas and our investments and that sort of stuff. At that same time, I got a hold of a, a research and development company in Kansas City. And the research and development in Kansas City uh, company that I happened to get a hold of just by nothing more than, than sheer luck, it turns out this gentleman was the president of the Kansas Greater Kansas City Inventors Club. Oh. And it turns out that the Greater Kansas City Inventors Club, uh, believe it or not, an association of inventors clubs across the United States, and they were named uh, the best one in the country. And I just happened to stumble into that. And uh, this guy who actually ran this R&D company was the president of that. And so he helped research and develop this product even a little bit farther. And uh, at that point in time, I continue to work on it and develop. And so this whole process is happening to today. It's been eight years and uh, we've changed a lot of things over the years. Uh, we've downsized it. That original device that had 12 decoys was really large and hard to handle and had too many lines on it. And we've got it down to now it's the, the fastest and the most portable motion decoy system on the market. And you can set it up in a matter of, of, of a minute and have five ducks swimming in your spread uh, back and forth for five hours. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because I, when I was at the Wisconsin Waterfowl Show, you know, I was talking to some guys and, and they said, well, you know, those those decoys are tight. They're close together. And I go, that's right. They are tight. And I said, but stop and think about this. We've all been duck hunting and we've all had our spread out there. And we've all had two or three or four ducks circle around and go off out in the lake about 250, 300 yards and drop down out there. And they're really tight together. And then the next group of ducks come and where do they go? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> By the ones 300 yards in the middle of nowhere. Right where there's a whole little group. You've got 300 decoys, but four or five of them are out there in a little tight group. And where do they go? They go to those. And uh, so one of the things about our, our decoy system is the realism that it has, the motion that it has. And um, there's some science involved here too, Brad. Um, 
the guy who uh, is the head of the largest spinning wing decoy, the, the Mojo Company, is, is a wildlife waterfowl biologist. And uh, he, Terry Denman is his name, and uh, he's got all kinds of stuff on the Alabama um, website. Um, and one of the things that he talks about, um, and this is a very old thing I was researching a long time ago, is that ducks are attracted by two types of motion. One of those motions are called optical motion. And if you were around back when the first spinning wings came out, you know, the ducks dropped from a mile right on top of them, you know. So it was, it was so unbelievably effective that there were states that outlawed them, obviously. And so he knew and keyed in on the fact that optical motion, that white flash patch or black flash patch, depending on how you're looking at it, was something that the ducks recognized and saw. Fast forward here 25, 30 years later, <clears throat> you know as well as I do that some young ducks, uh, early ducks, they, they, they work real good on those still. But what happens is after a week or two, a lot of those ducks come in and they get about 60 yards out and they see that spinner and they just kind of fade on you. They just mm -hmm. don't finish. And you're scratching your head thinking, should I had them on? Should I not had them on? One of the things that we hope for our product is when they see ducks swimming and you shut that mojo off, we believe our product is a finisher. We believe sure. that our product has the ability that if you can keep them from flaring off that mojo, keep in mind you're calling them, they see that mojo and they start heading, shut that thing off and let them see real ducks swimming on the water. Because between your calling and that motion on the water, we think you're going to finish them. Because let's face it, as good as that flash looks, when they get close to it, that duck doesn't hover forever, but that mojo's still running. Right. And, Absolutely. And it, it's been very effective. I just think it, I personally, I just think, and you know, there are days when they work like a champ and there are days that ducks come no matter what, but there are a lot of days where you got to coax a duck. You got to get them to come the rest of the way. You got to get them to finish. And that's what we think our product's capable of doing. Ducks are, I mean, if you sit out there in spring or fall and you just watch ducks, how many, I can't count the number of times I've watched a group of ducks circle live ducks on the water and never land. And just, they're just, nah, no, no. And it right. makes you really wonder, like, like those times when you've got like ducks and they slide off and you just can't get them to commit. It's times like those. I try to remind myself, like not all ducks even land with live ducks. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's part of the sport. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, we were talking about the type of decoys that can go on our device at the, at the, uh, waterfowl show there in Wisconsin. By the way, that was a great show. I got to hand it to them. That was the second year they put it on. And, and that show was really, a really great show. If your listeners haven't been to the, to the waterfowl show up there in Oshkosh, that was a great show. And I would encourage them to go to that. That was really a, a good time. I enjoyed it. A lot of great stuff there to look at and see. And uh, yeah, but any event, we were talking there about the types of ducks or decoys that can go on the device. And we show it in our video with teal decoys because there's a 60-40 weighted keel on that teal decoy and they're lightweight. And so I get a lot of movement, a lot of splash, a lot of a lot of waves coming off of our dies by using it that way. And patient and, and people are asking me, so well, can you use bigger decoys on? I said, absolutely. You can even put a goose decoy on it. It'll work and it'll make it and it'll it'll swim back and forth. And they say, well, I hunt mallards. And I said, well, you know, just, just saying here, if those ducks get over those motion decoys on our device and they get that close to tell the difference, 
you probably ought to be pulling the trigger. <laughs> but, but, but then again, you can put any decoy on it you want. It's the motion on the water and the movement of the duck, I think, more even than, than you know, the paint. Now, you know, you stop and think about historically uh, up and down the Illinois River and, and some of the places that here in the Midwest where, where duck hunters have used, you know, black painted bleach bottles. You know, right. uh, uh, we get kind of wrapped up in flocked heads and all of that sort of stuff. And and uh, it's a lot of fun. And everybody likes to do that in the philosophically, I guess, whatever you like to use. But realistically, they've used a lot less in the old days and made it work. You know, oh, milk jugs were real. I mean, look at socks back like when the socks first came out. Or how about silhouettes? Like the new silhouettes are pretty amazing. Like I went from full bodies. Now I run just silhouettes for my goose field spreads. But my original silhouettes are like 100% brown with a black head. Like and those and those brought birds in. They absolutely did. Absolutely. Right. And I tell people when I, I you know, I hunt with, a, you know, some of the young guys and I say, when the ducks fly by, I say, what color is that duck? Well, I don't know. I, all I see is black. And I said, right. And what do they see? <laughs> <laughs> from that distance, uh, you you know, uh, do they really get that much color from that far away? You know what I'm saying? When, when, right. they get when you stop and think about it, you identifying the duck happens in that last, what, 50 yards, 70 yards, maybe. I think they're gadwalls, no, they're mallards. You know what I'm saying? The first pass by, you know what I'm saying? Right. It, right. it takes a second. Then you can watch kind of their duck. I mean, all of them have their characteristics. That's what makes part of duck hunting fun. You know, you got the you got the shovelers come swooping around the corner and dropping right in. And then you got the, the, the teals zipping like rockets over your head and circling two or three times until you can get them coming the direction you want them to, or, you know, it's just a lot of fun watching the mannerisms of all of them when you're hunting. I mean, there's definitely more to just, I mean, every bird kind of flies in its own way. I mean, exactly. and that's the one thing I try to tell like new waterfowl hunters spend as much time as learning idea of birds as you do anything else. I mean, you have to know what you're going to pull the trigger on. That's um, right. If I don't know, like if I'm, if, man, if the, if the lighting color's right, I have a hard time still struggling sometimes to tell the difference between a gadwall and a hen mallard. Right. Like, I mean, that there's not much difference there. I mean, there's some, but if it's not, if I don't have good lighting conditions, I can't count. I probably can't count the number of gadwalls I've passed on in my life thinking they were a hen mallard. Right. And, you know, I've been privileged to be able to, to hunt in Alberta and Saskatchewan and some of those places. And, of course, when you're up there in, in, in their early season, they're all brown, you know. Right. I mean, <laughs> they're all just brown. They don't have any color on them. I mean, obviously, you can see mature pintails on silhouettes like that. But um, identifying can be at times uh, difficult based on lighting and, and, and distance and all of those sorts of things and types, you know, times of the year. Yeah, it's, it's definitely an art. It really is an art. I will say it's an art. Like for the people that are like really, really good at identifying birds and when they can pick it out like well before you can, they're like, oh, that's that. And I'm like, what did you see? And like when they get closer, you're like, sure enough, that's what it is. Like, what did you see? And they're just like, it's just the way their wings beat. I'm like, what? Right. Like, like I get it. Like there's different wing beats and stuff like that. Like I get that. But like, I sure didn't see a difference. Yeah. Well, you're right. And, and there are subtle differences in all of them. You know, it, it's, it's uh, interesting uh, to, to just go out and look sometimes and, and try to challenge yourself to do that sort of thing, you know, absolutely. Tell by the way they fly what they are. 
you know, before they're close enough to see color. There's some really good YouTube videos out there actually of live ducks that they'll like show it flying. They'll pause it, give you a chance. And then they'll zoom in closer, give you another chance. And then they'll eventually tell you what it is. Like there's actually some, like for the people just learning, there's actually some really good videos out there that really can challenge you more than just looking at your waterfall identification guide of birds with spring plump, like with spring colors. Cause (laughs) I'm telling you right now, the Northern opener is this coming Saturday. Yes. Ain't no mallard going to have that kind of green head and yellow bill and and bill at this time. No, like like, not going to happen. Right. It just, they change, you know, everything changes so much uh, through the year, you know, and, and that makes a big difference. Um, you know, so often you don't, you know, we've, if we down here sometimes uh, shoot a decent bull pintail or something, it's sometimes hard to get a taxidermist to take them because they, they haven't matured enough for them to be able to use the skin to actually create the correct mount. And they say, well, can you, you know, down here, you can hear, well, can you mount this duck? And that's experienced taxidermist says, I'll have to look at him before I can tell you that. Well, he looks beautiful. You don't understand. I have to look at the right. way the feather structure and the pins and stuff are to make this work correctly, you know? And uh, so they're always changing, you know? That's a big thing. I mean, mature birds compared to immature birds and those pin feathers and all that other stuff. When it, sure. And like, that's the hard part, like, especially in Wisconsin. I mean, until it gets to like late November, early December, like right at our season close, a lot of good looking birds here can struggle to have a good mount be made. Like, whereas if you go farther south, by the time they get down there, I mean, those birds, like mediocre birds there probably look better than some of the birds I'm shooting up here at that point. Sure. sure. Just the maturity on them. Right. Right. You know, I was talking about pintails. My, my son and I, uh, I, I actually had a farm uh, where the Grand River runs into the Missouri. I had bought some acreage down there and created a, a waterfowl hunting place that we kept for quite a number of years. And uh, I since have uh, sold that. But uh, me and him were hunting down there one day and, and the mallards were coming off the river and they started to circle and a, and a, a single pintail dropped out of this group of mallards and came in. And we had the choice of we had the choice of 200 mallards coming in or this one beautiful bull pintail came down first. Now, usually our experience with pintails is we have mallards working, then the pintails swoop in and carry all of our mallards off, and we're usually not very happy with them and say <laughs> bad things about them generally. <laughs> have you ever had that happen, Brad? <laughs> no, I have not, but I had one hunt on the Mississippi where I shot my pintail i hunted that entire year to finally drop a pintail and i got mine but that day in particular almost every bird we saw was pintails oh wow what a it great was day. it was a t- lot of hen pintails a lot of it like first year drakes but like there was an occasional one in there that was just gorgeous but it was weird like you'd right. go up and you'd see it like you have a, a small flock of birds come in and you'd look at it and be like those are all pintails again. Like we already shot our pintails. You like uh-huh. where's where's our mallards? Where's something else? Like really get one of you. Like you're yeah. normally like hey, I haven't shot one forever, and now that's all we can find, right? Exactly. It was right. so weird. It was yeah. such a weird day. Well, we made that decision and took that pintail, and it's a mounted bird in our house now, and it's one of those reminders of a of a wonderful hunt and a wonderful place. And it's all in the past, but we've got that that piece that my son and I shared together, and it's just one of those moments that you have as a family together. 
together. We say, hey, remember when we gave up on the 250 milers to kill the one bull in jail? <laughs> and and yeah, you know, those those days last forever. You know what I mean? Those 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 great days as hunters we were talking about before, those days in your mind can be replayed over and over and over again. Absolutely. Um, it's amazing how well those memories just last. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had the same experience. I, I did a thing with my family and, and just for our family, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but my children were, were very good in school. Um, and every spring, uh, one day during the school year, I would take my children out of school. I would take a day off of work and it'd just be me and them one at a time in the boat, pack a lunch, spend the whole day with them. And um, I went to a parent teacher conference one time and one of the the teacher said to me, he said, Mr. Uh, Keith, do you think uh, that's a, a wise way to spend your, your children's time? And I said to the instructor, I said, well, ma'am, I said, if you don't mind me saying, I said, um, no matter how interesting you will have made school that day, 20 years from now, I doubt that my child's going to remember what you taught him that day. But 20 years from now, that daughter of that sounds going to remember the day that I took a day off work and spent the whole day with just with them in the outdoors doing something together. Now, if my, my children struggled in school, I probably wouldn't have done that, but, uh, but they didn't. And she stopped and thought about it for a minute. And she goes, you know, I think some parents could learn something from that. And I said, well, <laughs> uh, because there are some things. And, you know, my kids still talk about that. My kids sure. still say, Dad, you remember the time when you took me out of school and we went on that lake and we caught all those crappie or we got rained on or I caught my biggest bass that year? You know, I mean, again, the relationships and the family and the things that that, that you can do together and and uh, build memories. Because um, I, I tell a lot of people uh, in my medical practice, I say, listen, you got to make all the memories you can while you're our age, because when you get to a point of not being able to do it anymore, and unfortunately, hopefully we get to do this stuff that we love all our lives. But the reality is that our health isn't always going to be here for all of us. And then what you have is the memories. So you better make as many of them as you can. And doing it in the outdoors sure is a great way to do it. Isn't that the truth right there? You never know. Like, you right. don't need, I mean... That's why I spend as much time as I can up north with my dog, in the blind with friends in fall, fishing. We do fishing trips, all that stuff. We spend a ton. Like, I'm, I, I love to tournament fish. Um, I did quite a bit this year on a weeknight league, but I gave up most of my weekend stuff because the past couple of years since I got my duck boat, we found we use it more in summertime hanging out on sandbars on our local river. <laughs> and we're out there. Why not? And we're out there weekends all the time now. We take, I make multiple trips back and forth to the launch. I'll go out there with a bunch of gear. My wife, our dog, I'll go back. I'll get her sister, her, her sister, my sister-in-law, the boyfriend, nephews, nieces, their significant others. Like we'll just bring like 15 or 20 of us out to a sandbar, some umbrellas, some coolers. And that's what my summer's now turned into. Like my mm -hmm. summers used to be fishing solo, pounding fish, trying to figure out a pattern. And now it's like, I go on these trips. I don't even bring a rod most of the time. We're yeah. just sitting like there's, and it's not, it's, it's a completely different change of pace. And it's just that it's just making memories. Like there's no pressure. There's right. no, like, I have to figure out this pattern. I got a tournament coming up. There's none of that. It's just, I got nothing like even work. Like we pick it, we pick spots that our cell phones barely work. Can't I can't even look at work. I understand. I, I tournament fished for a while with a friend of mine in Iowa and 
it's fun, it's competitive, but it is intense. You know, you every cast has to count, and there's a, a certain amount of uh, stress and of intensity there. And, and it's fun to do that sometimes, but uh, people don't realize for those tournament fishermen, I, my hat's off to them. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a grind. You know what I'm it saying? Is. It's a, it's a grind. And, and um, you know, your tournament, your, your buddy's counting on you to, to, to do your best and you're counting on him to do your, his best. And there's, there's money involved and that always changes the dynamic, you know? Uh, and I like doing that, but uh, by the same token, um, the older I get, I think I like the, the version that you just described a, a little bit more. Uh, I understand both of them, and I'm, I'm not against any of them, but just for me, I'm getting to that same point where, hey, let's, let's just join the experience as much as, as anything, you know, and that's Absolutely. just where I'm at in my life. And, you know, it sounds like you're, you're kind of getting there a little bit yourself, huh? I am. I am. I mean... Some trips will go out and we'll just cast shorelines. Like a buddy and I, we, we all camp out there too. Like, cause there's yeah. public, you can camp out there. So we'll do some overnight trips and it's just a slower change of pace compared to the big lakes and the high pressure and everything else. And it's something I've really, really enjoyed lately. And it just kind of goes to show like that whole, like, like making memories, like you were talking about taking your kids out of school right. for a day. Like we haven't got to the point yet where we're calling in sick to work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, nah, I get it. I get it. I, you know, uh, 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 a little, uh, <laughs> a little note that we wrote to the teacher one time was uh, they have a point with Doctor Fishman. <laughs> a little note. She's got an appointment with Doctor Fishman. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and it sounds like you've done quite a bit of fishing too i don't want to completely sidetrack us but you've been chasing smallies in the bay yes up in sturgeon bay that's always a good time i've done that a couple times from a kayak actually mm -hmm. and yeah. then i'm assuming if you're on green bay you're chasing musky i i did go on a guided musky trip up there um uh, but i we caught one but you know that's musky fishing it's not like you go load the boat with muskies that does, i mean right. No, it's happened a few times in some very special instances for people, but uh, anybody that fishes at all knows that's not the norm for sure. Uh, we have chased some muskies. Boy, they got some dandy ones up there. I mean, yeah. good night. Yeah. They're, they're unbelievable. Uh, some of the fish up there in the bay, uh, I, I just love it. I love the walleye fish too, um, and I fished up there out of the bay. Um, I fished with uh, a, a friend, Justin Cohen, up on the Green Lake area up in there. He's a good guide up in that area, and we uh, – we fished with him several times, caught smallmouth and, and walleyes, and had a good good trip there. Um, I fished South Dakota some. Uh, I fished uh, Lake Francis Case. Uh, they call that the walleye factory. If none of your listeners have been to Francis Case, wow, great lake, full of smallmouth, full of full of walleyes, a little bit of a drive, but kind of worth it, at least for me. I'll, I'll drive from Missouri eight hours to get there to fish for a three-day weekend. It's it's that kind of fishing for me. But really? that's the same distance for me to get to Sturgeon Bay. Um, sure. and f fish in the same area up there. I love Wisconsin fishing. I love the North woods, uh, fish the Eagle river, some, uh, that area with a friend of mine. And, uh, I'll just be there like this weekend area up there. I'll be in Eagle river this weekend. Ah. It's the, it's the rough grouse society's grouse camp this weekend. And I'm a volunteer guide for that. So Pip and I will be up there and we're gonna be taking out mentor, not really guiding. They call it a volunteer guide, but we're gonna be mentoring two hunters that have never been grouse hunting before. 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. That's me. I've never been grouse hunting. You know, I got the Wisconsin Outdoor News when I was, I, I had a friend, believe it or not, in, in, in Missouri who moved from Wisconsin to Missouri, who happened to be a patient of mine, and, and he knew we got to talking outdoors, and he started bringing in this Wisconsin Outdoor News. When he got through reading them all, he'd bring them in to me, and it was fantastic. I was opening up that magazine, and my heart was just like, oh, I wish I was up there, you know? There's this little lake profile on the back of oh, it. Oh, yeah, every episode. All, this, all the water depths and the weed lines and what's in there and the fish surveys, and, you know, I go nuts over that stuff, and so... I, 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 in fact, when I came up to Oshkosh, they, the Wisconsin outdoor news people were there and, and I live in, I live in Illinois now and I'm, I'm buying the Wisconsin outdoor news just so I can, <laughs> can read all these places that maybe I might come up there and try, you know, uh, but it's, uh, it's just one of those things. I, I like looking at maps. I, I just, I just like that area of the state, then Piney Woods up there in the North Woods. There's nothing like it. Uh, the Northwoods Herald's a very, very special place in my heart. There's no doubt about that. Uh, my wife and I talk all the time, like, do we buy a cabin up there? So that way there, when we're both ready to retire, we can yeah. have a place up there and then maybe snowboard it in winter. Like, you have to avoid the snow up there, obviously. But we talk about that all the time because she also just loves it up there. She's not a big hunter or fish. Or she doesn't fish much, but... She loves the Northwoods. She loves cross-country skiing, and there's a ton of cross-country skiing up there. Oh. There's good snow. The ATV trails. I have a friend who goes up there, a, a couple of friends of mine, uh, one who lives down by Janesville, and the other one was living in Stoughton in Wisconsin. And they were going up in the Northwoods, and he, he, he was taking ATVs up there with his uh, son. And he just told me about the miles and miles and miles of trails up there. He said, look, you can go back in areas that you can't access any other way and get to lakes and creeks and rivers in places that, that probably don't get fished or hunted a half a dozen times a year because of where they're located. And I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I go, sign me up. When are we going to go find one of those places? You know, take a spinning <laughs> rod and, you know, get your fishing license, take a spinning rod and slide in there and just poke around. It's, you know, those are good memories, whether you catch anything or not, just exploring that stuff up there. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's just beautiful up there. There's no doubt about it. It's it's hands down one of my favorite places to be. Down downstate here where I'm at, we do a lot of crappie fishing, and recently we've been catching uh, big trophy blue catfish. There's a lot of lakes around here where there are 30, 40, uh, up to 70 pound blue cats. And so we're rodding and reeling, you know, some big tanks in. You may catch one or two a day. It's kind of like musky fishing in that you don't think you're going to go out and catch 20 of them. But when you reel in two or three of them, you've had a good day. And they're usually tanks when you reel them in. And so we've been doing some of that down here on several of the lakes. Uh, in fact, in Springfield, Illinois, there's a, there's a, a lake here that they've turned into a trophy lake over the last 10 years. And so there's these big blues here. We fish around Clinton, Shelbyville, uh, Northeastern Missouri for crappies. We do a lot of crappie fishing down here in the spring. It's one of our favorite things to do in the spring is turkey hunting, crappie fish and find mushrooms all on the same day. That's a good day right there. That's a good day right there. Yeah. Yeah. We called it the Missouri triple play for a number of years. If you could get up and get that bird off the roost and find some mushroom out of the woods and then end up in the boat by noon and catch the big mess of crappie, by the end of the night, you were eating pretty good, feeling pretty good about the way the, the outdoors treated you that day. Absolutely. And probably ready for bed too. That's a yeah. long day. <laughs> yeah, it was long, but it was a good kind of tired. You know what right, I mean? <laughs> right. Sense of accomplishment when you're going to bed, got some meat in the freezer, had a good oh. dinner. Yeah. Your belly's busting and you're tired <laughs> and you're still in your mind when you lay down at night and you close your eyes and you're still seeing mushrooms because you've been looking at them for so long. <laughs> That's, That's a good story. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to talk a little bit like more. I know you kind of touched base on the overview on how you got to quick coys. I really yeah. want to, I really want to talk about what it actually is. And I think maybe to start, we, I've got a video I can share. It's just a super short video. So we'll just share this screen real quick. Sure. Do, 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 do. So just a little 10 second video here. And for all the listeners, it's what, uh, what, what is it? 45 minutes into the podcast right now, jump on YouTube or Facebook. If you want to see the video and you've got the five ducks right there. And that is a whole lot of motion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, uh, it, it, that, that decoy system that you're seeing right there is, is, uh, our crown jewel at quick coys right now. We have some other irons in the fire, but that's, that's kind of what our, our big, uh, winner is as far as we're concerned. We have set uh, five decoys uh, on a device that has a central hub. The central hub has four short fiberglass arms. To the ends of those arms are swivels. The swivels are 150 pound billfish swivels, very sturdy, not going to break. And to the swivels are the ducks. And on this hub, below the hub, is a motor and the motor has a, a racing prop from a remote control racing boats you know those little things that skirt around 50 miles an hour out in the ocean those guys race those crazy things well i i started buying those racing props and developing our propulsion system and this is where we've ended up the hub uh, is driven by that motor which is a waterproof for lack of a better term it's like a bilge pump motor it has a, a lip seal in it and so it's designed to run underwater 
And then that's all attached to a 12-volt power source. And the 12-volt power source is in a waterproof box, much like a Pelican box. One of your sponsors, very similar to Pelican box. And inside that box is the 12-volt battery that acts as your anchor. So basically, uh, when you get to your hunting spot, uh, you open the lid and there's two little slides. It's just slide terminals onto the battery like you would do a Mojo or many of the other products that use those types of of slide terminals. You slide those on, um, tuck, make sure the wires are all tucked in. There is a control box in there that has a reverse polarity switch, which is a robotic switch that we had developed specifically for our product that was mated to the motor. So everything has been engineered together so that it is compatible. And that box has some wires obviously they go to the battery and that that control it so you tuck all of those in just close the lid make sure you don't pinch the wires and close it now the box is waterproof and there's a toggle switch on the outside of the box so you've got a handle on the box and here you have a handle on the device you simply pick it up take it out set the device in the water flip the switch on the box and drop it and you're safely back away from it and that device will run for five hours continuously It'll run five to six seconds one way. It will stop for 10 seconds. And then it'll run five to six seconds the other way and stop for 10 seconds. And it will do this for five continuous hours. Now, there are some limiting factors. I'm, I, we don't suppose that you can use this in any single situation like you can any gear. You know, you've got different choke tubes for different things. You've got... You've got hip waders and you got chest waders, you know. I mean, there's a lot of different applications, and we don't suppose that our decoy system works in every application. Its limiting factors are this. You've got to have a minimum of knee-deep water because it sits below the surface of the water to run. So it's got to be approximately knee-deep. Waist-deep is ideal. It'll go chest-deep, and you can even hunt it as deep as 25 feet. And people say, well, how do you do that with that short of a cord? I'll explain that later. But you can do that, okay? But the idea here is if you set two or three or four of these out, and literally you, you can do that with them and have five, 10, 15, 20 decoys all starting and stopping at the same time in your duck spread, there's nothing like it. That's one of our monikers of our business. One of our guys is a quick coist. There's nothing like it. And and if you, if, if you see them in action... Um, it's it's pretty impressive. I think we've we've kind of we've got the portability where you can put this whole thing in a bag, throw it over your shoulder, and carry it. There's no lines. There's no strings that that you have to worry about stringing around poles and your dog getting in. Uh, we've had dogs swim right up to it, right through it, and the springs or the decoys just sort of push away from the dog. It, it we've never had we've never had a problem that way. Um, then with the bag, I just want to, from what I remember at the show, you can leave your decoys on it and it all fits in the bag, correct? Exactly. Exactly. So Is middle of the night, dark out, doesn't matter. You're not sitting there like you are with a jerk string or anything like that, trying to reuse a headlamp, clip your decoys into it, <laughs> set, set the jerk string line. Right. And the thing about it is, is, you know, one of the things is safety wise, and we've all been around, somebody's got one hand on a gun and one hand on a string. <laughs> and we all know that... You know, you got to stop at some point and grab your gun. You know what I'm saying? That's extra time. Uh, 
it's it, depending, you know, it could be a safety issue if you're not careful, you know, those sorts of things. That's one of the thing, our products, it, it'll, it'll actually create motion and decoy and everybody can be a pay attention to what they watch in the ducks. You know, nobody has to be jerking a string, you know? Right. So that, that's kind of nice. And that string going out from a blind, like I said, dogs getting in and out of it. We don't, we don't have that problem. The, the, the interesting part is that the, the battery that goes in this box, one of the neat things is when you buy our product, we ship you the device in the box. Now you can buy it with five of those decoys that we're, we're selling five decoys. These are our green head gear decoys that have the 60-40 weighted keel that will give you the exact motion that you see on the video. But you can buy it without decoys and put your own. In fact, we've got more that we're probably going to sell without decoys and with, but we're going to offer it both ways. We don't know how that's going to shake out. Um, we'll sure. leave it up to the hunter. So many people, duck hunters already got their own decoys. Heck, some of them may already have smaller teal decoys. The reason we're suggesting that decoy is because of the motion that you see displayed right there. They really give great motion. It's not that any other decoy won't give you motion or waves. They all wear. That was just tails. And we just, you know, when you fool around with it over the years, you just think, I just like that the best. And of course, everybody has their opinion. You'll be able to experiment with it. That's one of the things. We want the feedback that says, hey, did you find out something better that we don't know about because we don't claim to have cornered the market on it. People are going to use this in so many different settings from what we personally use it. It's going to be interesting to get that feedback and be able to modify and improve and serve our customers in a way that, that, you know, uh, hopefully helps them out and, and makes things easier and gives them a good reliable product that does what we want it to do for them. It's definitely, I've seen nothing like it before. Yeah. I mean, the I think it's really in, in those situations where you got that water, like you got that much depth of water and you have those local, I really think it's going to make the difference on local birds Yeah, or, or those not even local birds. You, what I call them local birds. They came in with the last flight. They've been shot at in this area a couple of times. They're getting leery. They kind of know what's safe. They kind of know what isn't safe anymore. And I think like you said, like this is the finishing tool. This is the tool that, changes them from skirting the edge and sliding off to like that kicking on and the ducks moving around like, Oh wait, those are real. Right. And, and that's, that's what we exactly we were shooting for. I mean that in, a, in an essence, and you know, I started to tell you about uh, optical motion earlier. The other kind of motion he talked about was real motion, motion on the water, actual duck swimming motion. They are attracted by both of those things, that optical flash as well as real motion on the water. And so where your, where your mojo leaves off, that's where our product takes up. Uh, it, 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 we believe it's the finishing tool that people have been, uh, been wanting for a long time. You know, we've, a lot of people have tried a lot of things, and, uh, and there's a lot of great products out there. We just happen to think ours is a little more unique than most. One of the interesting things about that battery in that box, by the way, is that that battery has a full six-month replacement warranty on it. Our battery distributor, Continental Battery, been great people to work with. The Continental Battery has said, listen, if in six months anything happens to this battery, it's just an automatic replacement. Nice. That's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good warranty. Most batteries get prorated, you know, car batteries, all that sort of stuff. They said on this battery, no, six-month full replacement on that battery, okay? Our device comes with a battery charger. So we have a 12-volt, just like you plug it into a 110 alloy, got a couple alligator clips. 
you can use a standard motorcycle charging battery or a standard car charging battery. Just make sure, as you do with everything, put the terminals correctly on there and that sort of thing. But they're maintenance-free batteries. Uh, they're sealed lead-acid batteries, so you can't leak anything out of them. Um, I, I happen to know <laughs> that you can drop them a time or two on a concrete floor and they won't break. <laughs> you know, when you do that the first time, you kind of go, oh my gosh, and you run over there and pick it up and you go, is it leaking, is it leaking, is it leaking? I'm not recommending you doing that, but from my experience, there is some shock warranty value to this thing that, that it, it really hasn't cracked. I dropped it a couple times and you know, stuff happens. You know how it is. We tried to make this device as bulletproof as possible. You know as well as I do, there is nothing in the outdoor world harder on equipment than duck hunting. Um, between the water, the mud, the ice, the boat rides, the shock of throwing it in and out of the truck, the, the shotgun, the blasts that happen over it, duck hunting stuff that lasts two years, in my opinion, is stellar. <laughs> right, right. Most people can't get a pair of waders to last longer than two years. You know, I mean, by and large, I mean, you can buy some pretty good ones out there that have some lifetime warranty. But as an average, that doesn't generally happen. So, you know, our our device um, has the a, a full season parts workmanship warranty, a full season Um and so that's the type of warning we're going to we're going to put on it. And the battery is a full replacement. And um, obviously it takes some care and handling. One of the things that I tell uh, all the folks that are associated with the business that listen, are the, the, the safety spot with this, the, the part you got to be a little bit careful about is the prop in the motor. So there's actually a, a, a foam cover that we're developing for it so that you can slap that on there. But if I've hunted with this thing myself and developed it for the last eight years, if you just point the, the prop, when you put it in the bag in the proper direction, it's going to be fine. But you can't drop it on the concrete and break the prop or the, the housing on the motor. It, that it's, it's not as shock resistant as what that battery was. But sure. by large, you should get a lot of good use out of it. We're going to offer um, you know some replacement parts and that sort of stuff if you need them on our website as as we go along here it's our it's our first year out of the box so we're we're very excited we we know we're going to have some some new questions and and new challenges in in dealing with this new business in this way but i think we're up for the task we we think we've thought of a lot of things uh how that all processes and how we we manage it as we go forward uh, we're going to do the best we can for our customers and try to make sure that ultimately they're happy and saying good things about it and that all their buddies want to buy one too, because we think it's going to change the duck hunting world. I'm excited. I'm going to order one up as soon as the website goes live. That's for sure. Well, let me tell you a little bit about that. Uh, our website's built on a Shopify, uh, Shopify platform. We have a website, a website developer and a, a group that's given us a lot of support here. And we are on the verge uh, of, of opening this company uh, in the next two weeks. And so it's coming hard and fast. Uh, we're doing a little bit of a limited launch just to family and friends to make sure that everything gets sent correctly. Our, our, our POs get sent and drop shipped correctly. And we want to make sure that our customer has an excellent experience. So what we're trying to do is do a little limited soft launch to about 20 of our close family and friends. Hey, let's make sure all the numbers go in the right columns. Everything gets done right. 
your card is charged correctly. You get your stuff in time. I want to know how long it takes you to get there. We've got them in several places. And when we feel confident that we can offer our customer an excellent experience, and that starts this weekend. So if that all goes down and everything's cool in a week and we don't have to do too much patch up or any modifications, and, and within two weeks, we're going full live on the quickcoys.com website to, to sell quickcoys. That's that's all. That's that's what eight years in the making. Yes, sir. And and we're <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> it's been it's been a long road to hoe. Let me tell you, there it is. But we're having fun all the way along. What what you know, my son-in-law. It, we're a family business. I'm just going to tell you straight up. It's my wife, me, my son, my daughter, my son-in-law, my my son's girlfriend. And a few other close family people who have kind of put this together um, and who are running this side of things. And uh, we have a lot of fun with it. But one of the neatest things was when we were up at the Oshkosh show and the interest of the people that came up that we would say, hey, have you ever seen anything like that? And people would go, that's what you've got here. Uh, you know, stuff like right. my son-in-law asking, I said, what was the favorite part about the weekend and showing this product to people? And he goes, well, all the things that you ever thought about it, all of the descriptors that you could say about it, and you've been actually trying to tell other people about it, these people who have never seen it before are coming to you and saying to you the very thing you believe about it. And so that's a pretty good vibe. You know, when, when duck hunters themselves who, who, who love the sport and who know uh, what it takes sometimes, and when they see something unique and something like our product, and then they give us that kind of feedback, it, it gives us a lot of hope that we can be here for quite a while. And, and we want to be, but we want to do it the right way. We want to treat our customers right. And uh, we want to offer a great product at a, at a good price. And, uh, you know, our, our price point on this uh, without decoys is, is $3.99. And a whole lot of people that came up to us were quite surprised by that. We had people tell us that they thought this product uh, would be $5.99, oh And so uh, we were very, very happy that our price point um, was below the vast majority of people's expectations. So I lost Keith. Keith, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I lost you for a second there. Yeah. It looks like it's my signal connection, actually, unfortunately, because it's got to be the host. Because so let's let's um let's back up real quick there. I'll edit out this little bit. So let's just go back and we'll just start over with about the price. Let's start up start again about the price. We'll do a little bit fancy editing there. Maybe we won't have to. Maybe I'll leave this minute in and everybody will just be like, well, he didn't edit it. <laughs> well, one of the things about the Oshkosh show when we were up there and we were talking to people and they were giving us the feedback, one of the things they asked was, what's the price of our device? And I tell them, well, it's $399 and that includes the battery and the device and the bag and the charger, everything. You can buy the decoys extra or you can just buy the device and put your own decoys on it. The only thing is there's a $15 hazardous material handling fee that the battery company is charging us for the when you ship sulfuric acid in a battery or whatever. There's there's something there. So in any event, that's the only upcharge. Everything else is is delivered at that price besides the battery right there. That's drop ship. But nonetheless, the pay the people that we saw at the Oshkosh show were telling us many times that they thought uh, we'd ask them how much they thought it was and they were like 599 600 bucks 699 and so we were very surprised that our price point by the vast majority of the people were like hey that's that's not really too bad considering 
you know, it includes the battery and, and all of the delivery and, and that device, given the fact that what's out there, you know, given the, if you look at, at standards in the industry of what a single swimming decoy is, or even what a, a, that the new clone goose flapper is without the battery, if you look at those price point types of things, we're very, very competitive. And so we're just, we're trying to, we're trying to be able to get this to, you know, as many hunters that, that we can, you know, we, we, we um, obviously want to set a price point that's fairly attractive that that a lot of people can handle. And, you know, that's in the duck hunting world, as, as you're well aware, there's in this day and age, particularly with the cost of fuel and everything else, uh, uh, manufacturing and shipping from uh, overseas standpoints. By the way, we build our product in the USA. Our factory is in northeastern Missouri. This is employing uh, a group of guys over at a factory um, and some gals too. As a matter of fact, several ladies work on our assembly line over there. And our factory is in Macon, Missouri. We import some of our electronics and some of our pieces from overseas, some from India, some from China, some from South Korea, uh, some from South Florida. I mean, we <laughs> that's not really an import, but we get uh, materials in the United States as much as we can. And But we're definitely building our product here in the United States. So, you know, we kind of feel good about that, too. Well, I'm back after a quick Internet break of deciding to crash and needing to restart the computer. We'll do a little bit of editing here and we'll walk right back into Keith telling us about the price point. Yeah, well, it was interesting when we were up at the Oshkosh waterfowl show that that we met at read the uh interesting part that we found when we were asking people about what do you think it costs or they asked us what they cost we'd say well, what do you think it would cost and so many people were quite surprised to find that our our device comes with the battery um for 3.99 and they were they were pretty surprised many of them said well we thought it would be 4.99 5.99 some people thought it'd be six or seven hundred dollars and so we're happy that we're in a competitive price thing. We, we try to put it competitively. When you look at other devices on the market, like the clone uh, without a battery, how much one of those costs in a goose hunting situation, um, how much an individual swimmer costs uh, if you right. were to get five of them. I mean, if you kind of look at that sort of thing, you can see that we offer you a great value. We offer you a good product. We offer you a great value uh, for what you're getting. And like I said, it's there's, there's nothing like it. Um, one of the other things that we're very proud of is the fact that we make this product in the United States. We do source some things, you know, electronics, uh, even though we developed them, we haven't made overseas. Um, and uh, some of the, the motors and some of that stuff gets made overseas. But our product is assembled in northeastern Missouri. Are we back. Are we still <laughs> cut out a little. Yeah, you're cutting out a little. Aye, aye, aye. And I, okay, I got gotcha. you. Good Lord. What is going on here? This is out of control tonight. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep rolling with that one. Okay. So it's made in America. Absolutely. We're made in the United States. Our factory's in northeastern Missouri. We do source some products overseas. Part of our product is sourced overseas, but everything is assembled here. There are American families. There are men and women in our factory who are putting this together that they're getting paid. And so when you do buy a quick choice product, at least, you know, hey, we're, we're making it here. We're not made somewhere else. And, and that's kind of something that we're sort of proud of, that we that we are able to do that. Not every company is able to do that. And we're going to try to do it for as long as we can. 
Um, so that's that's something um, that we're we're proud of. It's, I mean, not a lot of companies can say that anymore, to be honest. And that is something to be proud of. I mean, yeah. that's part of the reason why I fish out of a new canoe kayak because it's made out of, made it's rotomole right here in Wisconsin, USA based. That's a big thing for me. I mean, not only are you keeping your money in, for me in my local economy or semi-local economy in my state. I mean, it's also employing local individuals. Exactly. So that's a big thing. That really is. And for you to actually be able to say that and then come in at that price point as well, that that's impressive. Yeah, it's like I said, it, you know, we got about seven parts that come from over there. We manufacture at our factory some of our own parts. Some of the parts have to be manufactured and we can do it cheaply here. And then other things that, that we that that are uneconomical, um, like the fiberglass rods, we have those. We buy those from manufacturers in the United States. They're extremely heavy to ship overseas and crates and shipping costs are uh, extraordinary. If you've talked to anybody who's done anything overseas, it's crazy what what they're getting for containers of material now. But so oh, containers, only, but, oh, yeah. containers are next level. Oh, I know. And if you like I said, we when we can source even materials uh, here in the United States and buy them from other vendors uh, to use here, we're we feel good that we're even employing people in in those other businesses to do that. So. You know, uh, but ultimately we get assembled here in the United States uh, at our factory in northeastern Missouri. And that's pretty cool. That is very cool. That really is. Then, of course, <laughs> it's a family run business kind of uh, out of a out of our what we kind of referred to as our uh, fulfillment center. So when you place an order online. Uh, and put your credit card. We we take a box and have a shipping label and create a drop ship order for the battery. And uh, if you place an order, we are going to try to fill the order. We're giving ourselves five to seven days. Your order will be shipped in five to seven days. That way, if somebody puts an order in on a Friday and we don't happen to, well, if somebody puts an order in on a Friday afternoon and we don't happen to be here, we've got Monday to grab it. There goes two days on the weekend and get all the labor and the purchase order for the battery and get it out the door by Wednesday to Friday of the next week. So that's our thinking there. We got five to seven days when you place your order, depending on when you place it. You place your order on a Monday, uh, you're very likely to get your order shipped that week. So we're made in the USA. And uh, like I said, we got, we get, uh, we've got uh, products that we buy in the United States that we use to assemble our product. And we buy products from overseas that we use to assemble our product. But ultimately, American families are employed. And then our family is employed. Um, we're, we're running this uh, out of what we call our fulfillment center, kind of tongue-in-cheek, our own personal location. And when you place an order, um, our goal is to fulfill that order within five days. And the fulfillment center, and the reason we gave ourselves that time, because, again, we're, we're, kind of a, we're kind of an upstart here. But if you placed an order on Friday afternoon when you got off work, obviously we got two days there from the day you place it, Saturday and Sunday, where nothing's probably going to get shipped those days. By the time we get the order on Monday, we can process the order, make our, our PO for our drop ship and our battery and have it out within a day or two of the following first week. So you'll get if you place your order early in the week, you'll probably get it shipped that week. But we had to have a little bit of play in there for the weekends, you know. And so our our hope is to ship within five days of placing the order. 
five to seven days. So nice. Nice. And then the battery's going to drop ship. Will that be about the same amount of time frame then? Actually, the battery distribution network, we're working with Continental Battery. And Continental says as time goes, um, they have one of the largest distribution networks in the United States, they tell me. And as such, uh, when we really get going here, um, they're going to take my purchase order and route it to the nearest distribution center they have. And they say that in some instances, your battery will get to you before our device gets to you. Perfect. <laughs> that's what we're hoping for. I mean, that's service. They're, they're telling us they can do that at some point. I don't know uh, out of the blocks if it'll work quite that good, but we'll fine tune the system and hopefully give the customer the best experience possible, you know? Right, right. Uh, I mean, Five to seven days, you're sipping from Missouri. There's going to be a little bit of time there. I mean, that's still, that's a quick turnaround. Not bad. Not bad. For a small business with a family fulfillment center, right. that's pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, we're not Amazon Prime yet, okay? Right. So, <laughs> I'm not Jeff Bezos or whatever, but, but you know, <laughs> if he did it to you in a week or 10 days, I think that's not bad. And you got your battery and all that stuff there, you know, for our family business, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna push it. We're gonna try to do as good as we can. Obviously, we're gonna we're gonna use a a, a shipping vendor like UPS or somebody like sure. that. Once once it's out of our hands, I guess you know how that goes. We we don't have a lot of control like any shipper does at that point. But you know, we're hoping that they provide the service that that they say they can. But it's our goal to get it to you as quickly as possible. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And then for the people that are interested. Your website is quickcoys.com, correct? Yes, Q-U-I-C-K-C-O-Y-S, quickcoys, just just like it says right there, quickcoys. Quick and I'm going to link all of this in the description so people can find it nice and easy. Then you're on Facebook as well. That's correct. Facebook and Instagram, you can see that little clip of that video you had came right off of Facebook. That was something we posted. And we're going to we're going to have uh, what we call quick tips. We're going to we're going to keep posting little things about quick coins all the time. We're calling them our quick tips, you know, little things about, hey, here's the easiest way to charge this or, hey, here's a neat way to do this or, hey, just things the little tips that we've we've uh, maybe can shorten the learning curve a little bit for some of our customers out there and go, oh, hey, yeah. And we're hoping that our customers will give us the same kind of feedback and tell us, hey, you know, because listen, hunters, as competitive they as are, um, and duck hunters especially, they still like to see um, other guys do well too. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if they, oh, yeah. if, they, if they know something that can help somebody out, they'll be happy to tell them, you know? And that's kind of the way we hope that we can do that sort of camaraderie among the hunting community and say, hey, if you got a good idea about this or you think something, you can tweak it. We're all ears. We, we we don't think we've cornered the market on any knowledge. We're just trying to continue to develop and build a product that serves the need of our customers and 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 you know make it a make it a great product and continue to make it better as we go along. And being willing to take feedback from people that use it, especially this first year, that's huge. I mean, oh, that really is huge. Right. You know, uh, it, it, serving any I don't care what business you're in, serving the customer's need is what drives continued business, you know, and, and, and builds brand. And, you know, we're, we're a young brand. We want to build a brand. We want a good name. We want to build a brand and we want people to think, Hey, those guys are doing it right. And that's what we're trying to do. And we'd be happy to take the feedback and apply some of that knowledge. You know, that's, that's what we want to do. That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, Keith, I'll give the last couple minutes here to you. If you want to thank anybody else, I know you've thoroughly thanked your family and everyone else, but I'll give these last couple minutes to you. If there's anybody else you want to thank or anybody, anything else you want to chat on real quick. 
Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me. Um, you're you're one of our first podcasts. I want to tell you, um, it's an honor to be here. I'm glad that I get to talk to somebody from Wisconsin. I, as we talked about, I, I love the state. I love fishing there. Uh, I'd love to do some more hunting up there. I'd be happy to drive up there with a couple of these devices and you know, drop them in a hole somewhere and let's yuck it up a time or two. I'd be happy to do that with you, Red. But I want to thank you for having me on the show. Give me an opportunity to, to share uh, hunting and, and our hunting experiences mutually and give me an opportunity to talk about uh, this new product that we hope uh, some of your listeners and watchers will, will take a look at and maybe uh, find a great use for. I want to thank you for that. Um, and, you know, again, the, the Waterfowl Show is what kind of hooked us up. And so I cannot say enough. That was a great, great thing. I would encourage all your listeners to go out there and check out that Waterfowl Show next year. They're telling me, the organizer said this year that next year might actually be a two-day show, not a one-day show. So it's getting big. They say they think they got a tiger by the tail here with that Waterfowl Show. And, uh, you know, it's uniquely Waterfowl only. There's a lot of outdoor shows that have multiple hunting venues, you know, deer or elk or grouse or one of those sorts of things, but that's only waterfowl. So that was pretty unique. But yeah, I just want to thank you guys up there in Wisconsin. I hope that, uh, you know, there's 67,000 waterfowlers in Wisconsin and uh, that's, that's a impressive number. So we hope that uh, many of your listeners will help share the news about um, the quick coys and, and take a look at it online. It's at www.quickcoys.com. And uh, any information you want that is there or isn't there, that site opens up for sale uh, for the general public probably in the next two weeks. Perfect. Uh, you, can, you can go on there right now and leave your email. And before we release to the public, we will send a letter out to the emailers and say, hey, we are opening in this many hours. And so we have a bit of a limited production run this first year. This is the first year out of the blocks. And so we didn't know quite how to receive it or do it. But um, we, we hope if you get your name on the list, we'll let you know as soon as possible when this site's going to open up so that you can get in and get one as quickly as possible. We'll notify you personally by email saying, hey, we're opening up in 48 hours. Uh, you might want to mark your calendar. And right now, we're this this is pre-recorded, so everyone listening, when he's saying a couple of weeks, when this airs, we're talking about a week then. Correct. So, I mean, we're, we're, saying, we're saying a couple of weeks, but through through the magic of pre-recording, this <laughs> is going to air a week from, a week in like three days, actually, from now. So, we're, I mean, get as soon as you hear this, get signed up. If you're interested, get signed up for that email right away, so that way there you get that email notification. So... I'm yeah. sure being the first year, there's probably going to be limited numbers as well. You're probably going to want to get your order in early. I think so. And um, we're talking about the last day of September, 1st of October right there. So that's about, that's kind of the target area if everything goes well with our pre-sale. So, uh, but again, we wanted to, we wanted to test the site and make sure everything was working right again to try to give a, a quality sales experience to the patient who's, who's taking the time and giving us the honor of their business. So we want to make sure that it works right. Absolutely. Keith, thanks for coming on tonight. I, I really appreciate you working with me through the little bit of a struggle here with the, with the, with the internet connection. I got to figure out how to even end the show for my phone. I don't ever use my show and host, but I'll figure that out. Uh, you're always welcome up here with me in the blind. When I got ducks that come in this year, you're only about six hours, five hours away, five, five hours ish away from me. When we got, when we got a good Northern push of birds in here, I will definitely be in touch and you're more than welcome. And 
surprisingly enough, I head to St. Louis six to eight times a year for work. And if one of those happened to be during duck season, I might just make a weekend out of it. <laughs> this sounds good. Thanks, Brad. I sure appreciate being on. Uh, everybody, I want you to have a safe and, uh, and a good hunt out there. And uh, share those times with your family and friends because those memories are what you're left with, you know. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate you having me on. To all my listeners, thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep chasing that experience. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your midwest premier paddle sports destination go to rocktownadventures.com eastport marina the beautiful destination on dale hollow lake if you're looking for lodging kayaks kayak accessories or anything fishing related on the beautiful dale hollow lake go to eastport.info jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today